What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Today, we're going over some league-winning running backs. A league winner either really needs to just shatter their ADP or finish top five at their position if they're taken in the early round. So everyone that we go over today, I think could be the single reason you win your league. So sit back, hit the like button, and let's hop into things. First up, we've got Nick Chubb. Chubb's coming off the board 11th on Yahoo, 14th on Sleeper, 15th on Underdog, and then 18th over on ESPN. I have him ranked 6th in Standard, 11th in Half PPR, and 16th in Full PPR. And just so you know, um, just the different sites' ADPs, uh, like what the default scoring is, Yahoo's default scoring is Standard. Underdog is Half PPR, but it's a 3 wide receiver format, not 2 wide receiver like all these other ones are. Uh, and then I pulled half PPR scoring for sleeper and then ESPN is full PPR. So we've got a really nice range of what we're looking at for different types of scoring system. Uh, and then also that's why Yahoo is going to consistently look much earlier than all the other ADPs because again, standard scoring running backs go earlier. So why is Nick Chubb a league winner? Over the last four years, Chubb has 93, 89, 90, and 90 rushing yards Per game, he scored an average of 10 touchdowns per season, has never dipped below 8. He's brought in 1.7 receptions per game. He's added 5.3 yards per carry across 1,000 carries over 1,000 carries. With all that production, he has been able to finish 10th, 5th, 10th, and 6th in half PPR points per game. So that's very, very impressive. And it's even more impressive when you consider that Kareem Hunt has averaged 143 touches per season in those four years, finishing himself 30th, 21st, 21st, and then 55th last season in points per game when the wheels, you know, kind of fell off for Kareem Hunt last year. But even last season, you know, wasn't that great in fantasy. He played all 17 weeks. He handled 158 touches. That's over nine touches per week that are coming away from Nick Chubb last season. Now, I like Jerome Ford, and I think the Browns do too, but he's not getting that many touches, especially in the receiving game. We know that Hunt would use a lot in the receiving game. I have Ford projected for around six to seven touches each week, and so that's going to open up a few more touches each game for Nick Chubb, who was already a low-end running back one or even a mid-range running back one. But it's not only these extra touches that we're seeing for Chubb as to why he can be a league winner. Cleveland's ranked 22nd, 13th, 20th, and 17th in points per game these last four years, but I think they can finally break through this season and finish as a top 10 offense, and if that happens, Chubb is likely going to be around 15s and maybe even 18 touchdowns. They're going to be up much more in the second half of games, and if he's already approaching 300 carries, was a little over 300 carries last season you know, if they're going to be winning a lot more second halves, he can exceed that. He can get to 320, 330 carries. And now for the crowd who's like, well, no, they're going to throw the ball more. I mean, okay, which would you rather have, a target or a carry? You'd always rather have a target. So if he's not going over 300 carries, it's because the targets are going way up for him. Listen, they're getting him the touches. It does not matter if they're coming on the ground or through the air. Nick Chubb is going to get his touches this season. They're not bringing him off the field so they can bring Jerome Ford in there for 10 touches per game. 
That's just not going to happen. He's going to be incredible this season. They are going to be much better on offense this season in Deshaun Watson's second season, bringing Elijah Moore into this offense. Everything just sets up perfectly for Nick Chubb to have the best season of his career. Hunt is gone. Competition behind him is weak. And again, I truly believe this season, the Browns are going to have the best offense we've seen from them in years. Next up, we have Tony Pollard. Pollard's coming off the board 16th on Yahoo, 21st on Underdog, 23rd on ESPN, and then 24th on Sleeper. I have him ranked 12th in Standard, 17th in Half PPR, and 22nd in Full PPR. Uh, We've been waiting for this role for a while now with Pollard. Uh, He has been better than Zeke for years, but NFL teams really love just falling victim to the sunk cost fallacy, and so he was never given a chance to be featured until Zeke got hurt last season. And then he finally got, you know, two games. It was only two games as a feature back. And then a little bit into that third game when, you know, Zeke returned and he was a little bit limited. But we had two games last season with Pollard as a feature back. First game, 147 yards, three touchdowns. Falls that up with 128 yards and another score. Then again, that third game I talked about before, Zeke. Limited, Paul racks up another 189 yards and two more touchdowns. That is league-winning upside. From Zeke's injury on, Pollard ranked third among running backs in half PPR points per game. And that's despite Zeke handling 16.7 touches per game when he returned. Because remember, he didn't miss two months. We didn't have a bunch of games of Pollard as a feature back and then just a few with Zeke returning. Zeke missed two games. And from when he returned on, he had 16.7 touches per game. I can promise you that the combination of Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, and Deuce Vaughn is not getting 16.7 touches per game. So if things remain the same as they are right now for this backfield, Pollard has a very clear path to top five running back numbers. And yet he goes at like the two, three turn round two and three on most sites. And so it's kind of unfair, right? If you have a top three or four pick, you know, you're able to pair, whether it's McCaffrey, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, whoever you feel like taking at the high end there, you're able to pair that with someone like Tony Pollard, who has top five upside this season. And then you get to pick first in round three as well. It's why, you know, an early first round pick is a pretty big advantage to have this season. Um, Also, for those of you who are worried about them adding someone I used to be in this boat, um, and I still am to some degree, right? I'm still not 100% certain that Dallas is not going to bring in another running back. But beat reporters have made it very clear that this is Pollard's backfield and that even if they bring someone else in, the team is preparing for Tony Pollard to be their lead back this season, which again gives him top five upside. They have made it clear that it's very unlikely Ezekiel Elliott will return, but no matter who they bring in, if they even bring someone in, they are preparing for Tony Pollard to be the lead running back. And if that happens, the upside is incredible. Third on our list is Cam Akers. Uh, Akers is coming off the board 41st on Yahoo, 61st on Sleeper, 66th on Underdog, and then 80th on ESPN, which is kind of absurd. Uh, I have him ranked 41st in standard, 54th in half PPR, and 67th in full PPR. And I'll admit it, right? This is a risky one. Akers has been set up for success in the past, 
and hasn't exactly uh, performed uh, for fantasy production. And to be fair, like it's not 100% his fault. Many of the times where he doesn't perform, it's because they're not using him and he's frustrated as to why he's not being used. Then they finally use him and he does well. But like, look at the depth chart. I mean, behind Akers, it is Sony Michelle, who, if you remember, had 2.9 yards per carry last season. Complete and utter dust of the past few seasons. Uh, Kyron Williams, who's really just a scat back, um, was also trash last season. Uh, late six-round pick they spent on Zach Evans, who my model hates. It thinks he's awful. It says the best-case scenario for what he will end up with is uh, Sony Michelle. Like, that is the best-case comp for Zach Evans is Sony Michelle. Like, he's just not that good. It was a poor running back class. When you go in the late sixth round, a poor class, that's not great. There's nothing. There's nothing behind Cam Akers. And also, it's not like he hasn't been productive. He was incredible to end his rookie season at just 21 years old. He averaged 88 yards per game over the final eight games last season, scoring six touchdowns on top of that, even with, for most of that time, his quarterbacks were Baker Mayfield, John Wolford and Bryce Perkins like that's an absolute dumpster fire the team was averaging 18 points per game over that time they went two and six so he was phenomenal in a horrific situation and again I get it like he's busted in the past but there's no one there's no one behind him on this depth chart and Sean McVay has come out and told us he is going to be a very big part of the offense this season, and he's been highly productive in fantasy in the past when he's been given a workload, even in an awful situation. But I don't think it's going to be an awful situation this year. Like, if they have Cup back and they have Stafford back, they should at least be decent. Now, it's highly contingent on those two staying healthy, but let's be honest, like if those two are, this is going to be a solid offense. There's going to be touchdowns to go around. He absolutely has running back one upside. You can get him 80th overall over on ESPN. Number four on our list is Dave Montgomery. You knew he had to be here. Uh, Montgomery comes off the board 56th on Yahoo, 79th on Underdog, 80th on Sleeper, and then 87th over on ESPN. I have him ranked 45th in standard, 67th in half PPR, and 69th in full PPR. And to be honest, uh, I feel like I am screaming into a void with this one. Uh, I talk about Gibbs and Montgomery so much, and their ADPs are either stagnant or like kind of trending up a little bit, but very, very slowly. But the Lions were the number one backfield for running back production last season by a mile. And then they went and they upgraded both of their running backs. Like this backfield last season scored 27 half PPR points per game and is now leaving behind 419 touches and 25 touchdowns with Williams and Swift no longer on the team. And the most common response people have when I tell them that is, well, it was all the touchdowns, right? Like Jamal Williams scored a million touchdowns. That's the only reason they were highly productive in fantasy. And I mean, yeah, touchdowns obviously help. They're the most important thing for fantasy production. If you're scoring touchdowns, you're doing great in fantasy. But remember that this is an elite offense. So of course there are going to be touchdowns. It's not like we have the Texans here. Like they're going to score touchdowns on a good team. But also you could remove all of Jamal Williams' 17 touchdowns from last season. And this backfield would still be the 12th most productive in fantasy. Think about that for a second. 
He led all running backs with 17 rushing touchdowns last season. No other running back had more than 13. If you remove 100% of those touchdowns, leaving him with zero, then this would still be a well above average backfield in terms of fantasy production. And let's be honest, where are you removing those 17 touchdowns to if it's not going to the running backs? Is Amoner St. Brown bringing in 23 touchdowns now? Because, you know, not only are Swift and Jamal Williams gone, but Hawkinson is gone. DJ Chark is gone. There's six more touchdowns right there. Jameson Williams is suspended for the first six games. Like, they're obviously going to use their running backs a ton because what else are they going to do? Give, like, Sam Laporta now? Is he going to score 25 touchdowns this season? Like, Gibbs and Montgomery are locks to be heavily featured. And so you should be drafting as much of them as humanly possible before people start to figure that out. Obviously, if we're looking at cost here, like both of them can be league winners, but Gibbs is going to cost you probably a late third round pick, whereas way later in the draft, you can get David Montgomery. And if they're going to use Jameer Gibbs a lot as maybe like a Debo Samuel role where they're giving him carries or giving him a lot of work in the receiving game, like they are still going to have a ton of touches, a ton of carries, a ton of touchdowns available to David Montgomery, who has proven in the past he can be highly productive in fantasy and he can handle a lot of touches in the NFL season. He is a phenomenal pick. The last league winning running back we'll talk about today is Tank Bigsby. He comes off the board 141st on underdog, 150th on sleeper, 169th on ESPN, and 203rd on Yahoo. I have him ranked 145th in standard, 140th in half PPR, and 130th in full PPR. Now, as with every late round pick, Tank is going to need an injury to be a league winner. There is no way that ETN stays healthy and Tank Bigsby is winning you your fantasy league. I do still view Travis Etienne as the clear lead back for the Jaguars this season, and I am expecting him to have a decent season. However, Etienne was pretty mediocre in the receiving game last season. The yards per reception are awesome because he's a very explosive player, and so he mixes in a lot of big receptions, but he did a very poor job of commanding targets. When you look at how many routes he was running, he was running routes all the time, and he was just not commanding targets on those routes. So I truly believe that Tank is going to step in. He's going to be used heavily on passing downs and even mix in on early downs, even early in the season. Now, that's not enough for him to be like, you know, fantasy viable, certainly not enough for him to be a league winner on its own. But what we're looking for with these running backs late in drafts is we want, okay, if the starter were to get hurt, what are we looking at here? Like on most teams, you're going to see a rotation of running backs. You're going to see, you know, an early down back and a scat back. You're going to see, you know, two people take over early down role, one specifically on third downs. And you're like, this is disgusting. None of these are any good in fantasy. And they move on. And then many a times, maybe you have one step up, but we're on a terrible offense. They're not even that good of a player. And it's still not that fantastic in fantasy. But I believe in the talent of Tank Bixby. And I think he's going to be a featured running back if we got ETN to get injured. And so you've got a good running back talent who's good in the receiving game and will be used on early downs on an offense where there's really no competition behind him. So he can have that role if ETN gets injured on a team that I'm expecting big things from 
this season. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a huge step forward going into year two. He was a phenomenal prospect. He had a really tough year one. The coaching staff was not all that great, just was not set up for success, set up a little bit more in year two, and we saw that growth from him, I think, in year three. This Jaguars offense is going to be awesome. And so if Travis Etienne ever got injured, you want to be holding on to Tank Bigsby on your bench because, I mean, he would have like low end, even mid range running back one upside. I know that sounds crazy to hear, but on this offense, if you're getting all of the workload and you're any good, which I believe Tank Bigsby is, yeah, the upside is honestly incredible. So, If you want to see my exact rankings, how they stack up against ADP for every single player, not just these five, for every single scoring format, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And for those of you who have signed up, the rankings are like 10% of what's available on the website. So please look around because there is a ton of content. I get requests all the time that's like, oh, can you build out this feature, add this tool? But it's like already been on the site for months. So look around because there's a lot of content over there. Again, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And also make sure you're in the free Discord. If you're not already, it's 100% free. Link in the description. Uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't join that again. It's free. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the biggest ADP followers of the last two weeks. Sunday to talk about my favorite picks this season. And then Monday for, of course, another episode of Mock Draft Monday. Then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.